When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blogranas podcast. My name is Josh. Hope everyone is having a lovely week. Uh, I I hope your week's better than what Barcelona are going through right now. Uh, gosh, that sounded so melodramatic. Everyone's fine. Barcelona might get knocked out of the Champions League again. It's, uh, it's not looking good. The draw with Inter basically puts Barcelona in a situation where they... Uh, could be eliminated by the time they take the pitch against Bayern Munich. And let me just pull up my uh, handy-dandy Google here and take a look at the schedule to get some exact timing. Uh, Barcelona have the Classico on Sunday, and then after that there is a break. And Oh, okay, so they don't play Bayern until October 26th. So there's a couple weeks that we have to sit and stew and consider the uh, altogether too likely possibility that Barcelona will be back in the Europa League again this year. After getting drawn into the toughest Champions League group, um, I don't have the betting odds in front of me, but uh, my intuition, if if that's the word I'm looking for, tells me that heading into this group, Barcelona probably would have been second favorites to get out behind Byron, and it probably would have been close. Uh Byron, of course, beat Barcelona match day one. Not a big deal. Whatever. Barcelona can't seem to score goals against Dortmund or uh, against Byron for whatever reason. Not a big deal. Whatever. Then we have the back-to-back against Inter. And when I recorded the preview with David McFarland from Serpents a week and a half ago, I don't think either one of us would have expected Inter to come out with four points in those two games. The Inter that Barcelona were playing in the San Siro nine days ago, or whenever that was, was a team that had been going through a lot. The run of results for Inter heading into that match were very poor. They had just lost to Roma, uh, Udinese. They had a weird win over Torino. They lost 2-0 to, uh, to Byron. They lost the uh, Derby to Milan 3-2. Uh, they lost to Lazio before that, 3-1. Uh, it was a team that um, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know that like I don't know what words to put to it. They were flailing. They did not look like the same team that finished second in the race for the Scudetto last year. They looked lackluster. They looked like they didn't know who they were. And then all of a sudden, Barcelona come to town, and apparently that fixes everyone's problems. Um, they get the 1-0 win. With only 28% of the possession, they had the same number of shots on target as Barcelona, ironically, too. Uh, Barcelona had 13 corners to uh, the three for Inter. Barcelona had zero offsides to the seven of Inter. Uh, they had plenty of chances <laughs> to make moves, and they just looked stagnant. And 
it's one of those things where hindsight's twenty twenty, but heading into the return leg at the camp, the I'm I'm sorry, the Spotify, the the Drake Spotify camp. Now we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the lineup just from the get go was weird to me, and I don't know. I know Jill talked about this in the five or the, the the five things from the match, but the lineup of Marcus Alonso instead of Alejandro Balde just baffles me. I don't understand the insistence upon playing him. Um, I know Busquets has kind of done his thing, whatever. I would have liked to have seen a more flexible midfield in this match with Frankie de Jong sliding in instead of Busquets. And then the fact that, again, Inter just were able to be so effective against Barcelona without Brozovic and Lukaku. And, you know, that's not to mention Gerard Pique, who had to slide in because of the lack of um, Jules Koundé and Araujo. Like, the injuries Barcelona were dealing with aren't anything to hold our nose up at. Uh, they were struggling just as much as Inter. And Barcelona were lucky to come away with a point. Like, Inter should have had a goal Mkhitaryan was wide open in front of the net and they walk away with a point. And now they're in the position where, like I said, they could be heading into the uh, their matchup against Bayern Munich here in a couple weeks with uh, eliminated from the Champions League. Um, I don't know. People are talking about like ramifications. What does this mean? Blah, blah. I don't think it means anything. I think Inter are a really good team that have been underperforming in the league. They finished second in Italy last year. I think I said this on a podcast when the when the groups first came out. This was kind of before, excuse me, before Inter started their kind of downward trajectory in Syria. Uh, I said there was a possibility that we were looking at a Champions League group that had the best German, Italian, and Spanish teams in it. I think you could say that for the German, you know, Bayern Munich, even though they're not first in the league there. Uh, you might even say it for Barcelona, who are currently first in the Liga heading into the El Clasico. Uh, I don't think you'd say that for Inter at this point in the domestic season. Things could still change, but you're still facing a team that, as we're seeing on a day, I guess on two days, two matches, can, you know, can scuffle with a team like Barcelona. And maybe this comes back to... Uh, I don't know. Maybe there was a bit of a misevaluation of how prepared Barcelona were for a match like this. But nevertheless, it's just like it has to leave a bad taste in all of our mouths. Um, the fact that I look at some, I mean, whatever, I might as well do it. Some of these other Champions League groups are just insanely poor. And the fact that I got to look at this uh, freaking this Barcelona group and now I'm going to have to watch. Jose Mourinho cheer that the Sharks are getting sent down to the Europa League. Like, oh, congratulations. Here's the thing. La Liga is like a must win now with the um, the way that Europe is going for Barcelona at this point, assuming they're knocked out. You have to do something in Syria. You have to do something in the Copa del Rey. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm not saying Barcelona and Champions League knockout football this year sucks. It sucks that the injuries hit when they did. Um, because again, I don't know if having, you know, Kunde and Araujo out there drastically changes either of these matches. I, I think it would, frankly, would have, um, 
But again, Inter were also without Brozovic and Lukaku. Like this crazy schedule that everyone's playing heading into the World Cup is going to have drastic impact on matches like this. And we saw that. And now Barcelona are likely out of the Champions League, which just straight up sucks. All right, enough on that. Um, let's take a quick break and then we will talk about El Clasico. All right, welcome back. So let's get into a bit of an El Clasico preview. Um, we were initially going to have Christopher McCormick on for managing Madrid, but some travel stuff got in the way. And so hopefully we're going to get to talk to Christopher soon to chat about Real Madrid. So he stuck with me. Uh, let's do a, just a little bit of a preview for the match. I There's so much that these two teams are... Or not even these two teams. It's really just Barcelona <laughs> that are going through a lot right now. Surprise, surprise. So Real Madrid are doing fine in their 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 lovely Champions League group. You, you guys want to know who's in Real Madrid's Champions League group? Um, Shakhtar, you know, formidable opponent, I guess. Uh, Celtic, who so far has a negative seven goal differential and one point. And then Leipzig, who is currently sitting 11th in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, that's who... Uh, that's who Real Madrid had to face in the Champions League to be sitting top of their group. Anyways, El Clasico. This Sunday, at the Bernabeu, right now, both of the teams are tied on 22 points. Uh, Barcelona's goal differential is pretty ridiculous. Is this is this right? They have only allowed one goal in the Liga this year? That can't be right. Oh my gosh, I think the only goal they've allowed this year is to associate had. I feel like I'm uh I feel like I'm missing something here. Is this this I'm looking at the standings and Barcelona have only allowed one goal in the Liga this year. That's insane. They have a 19 goal differential. Wow, okay. I'm uh I'm I'm very impressed by that. They've allowed the fewest goals and scored the most goals. Good for Barcelona. Wow. So happy to host the Barcelona podcast. Anyways, injuries are going to be the thing that defines this this matchup, unfortunately. Um, both teams are going to be potentially without important people. I think Barcelona are probably a little bit heavier-handed in the injury department here. Uh, Jules Koundé is expected to be back, hopefully, fingers crossed, in place of uh, Gerard Piquet. Because, again, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Piquet's performance in the Inter matchup, but my goodness, it's time to... Uh, Anyways, uh, Thibaut Courtois is still missing training. Seems like he's gonna miss. Uh, seems like he's gonna miss the Classico. I haven't necessarily seen. Let me see if there's any new updates as of today. I still don't see any updates. Maybe I'm just. Uh... And then, like, apparently Antonio Rudiger might actually play, despite the fact. Oh, so no, uh, six hours ago, Courtois is pretty much ruled out. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, he didn't train today, today being Friday, so he's doubtful. Um, a guy named Andrivery Lunin will be his replacement. Uh, Lunin, I don't know. This is, uh, I, I'm not going to pretend to have any insights on Real Madrid's backup goalkeeper here. Uh, Courtois missing out is huge. Like, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and not having him there is, that's awesome. Good for Barcelona. Uh, it seems like Rudiger might play, but he might play with a mask. I'm not really sure. Based off the injury we saw midweek, I 
I mean, good for him, I guess, if he wants to play. I don't know. It's his own business. Um, Barcelona reportedly uh, dealing with a bit of uh, inter-squad difficulty. Um, The Gerard Piquet and Frankie de Jong situations create some interesting choices for Xavi. So uh, Xavi has to bench Gerard Piquet. Like there's a sport report that talks about him freezing Gerard Piquet out and putting him back on the bench. I don't understand how anyone could phrase it that way because he's just not that good when you need something with speed. And if Jules Koundé is back, like that's a no brainer for me. Uh, Frankie de Jong is apparently a little bit annoyed as well. Uh, (laughs) Dude hasn't been like, I don't, I still, I don't understand why he wasn't picked starting at center, but Again, these are things that are in the past at this point. But Frankie's reportedly a little frustrated. Um, I don't know. <sighs> Injuries are going to play a vital role in this match, both for Real Madrid losing their goalkeeper and for Barcelona still not having a Rajo back. That being said, like the mindset in both Rafinha and uh, Busquets both had thoughts on this, and I find the opposing... <laughs> Thought process is a little bit interesting. So Busquets said, quote, it's clear that this could affect us ahead of El Clasico. We have to lift ourselves. End quote. He's talking about the loss to Inter. He carries on, quote, it's a disappointment. It was a difficult group, but we had to aspire to more after all of the signings that have been made. It's not mathematically done, but it's very difficult. We were not as effective in the areas, and you pay for that in the Champions League. It was a heads or tails, and it has gone badly for us in the second half. It's just it's just it's just tough just a tough beat. Uh Rafinha, on the other hand, <laughs> said, quote, Barcelona said, uh, I'm a little anxious about the Classico, but I'm fine with my head. We're leaders. I'm not saying fear, but if anyone has to be a little careful, it's them. Talking about Real Madrid, of course. We're confident and we're going to do everything we can to win. Everything possible to win. Uh I, I, you're, I don't know. I could hundred percent see Barcelona winning this like three zero or something like that. Why not? Uh at the end of the day, though, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because it does. Like, it's a big three points against your rival, and it's going to galvanize everybody. Like, all that matters is the point total at the end of the season. Um, and this is a big step towards that. But, like, I don't think Real Madrid are, are scared or fearful. They might be fearful that they're going to lose the match, but they're not. I don't know. I don't think Real Madrid gets scared anymore. And that's something Barcelona have to reinstill in them. So, hopefully, that starts off this weekend. Everyone, enjoy the matchup on Sunday. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribed. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, all the places you get your podcasts. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.